get ready, get set, and go. The Meltdown Show, back for a great Friday afternoon. Hope everyone's doing well. We've had a pretty interesting day in the sports world. We're going to jump right into it. The NFL, always staying in the forefront. You ever notice that? Other sports are starting to get a little momentum. NBA, MLB starting, MLS, that's soccer for all of you that don't know that. Beginning to start, but the NFL always seems to kind of stay to the top front. Biggest story out of the NFL probably yesterday was the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers were close to a deal for veteran wide receiver Antonio Brown. Now, full disclosure, I am a huge sports fan. That's why I like doing this podcast. I'm also a Buffalo Bills fan. Don't tell anybody. I am thrilled to death they did not sign Antonio Brown. And apparently the main reason why they didn't sign Antonio Brown is because (laughs) Antonio Brown wouldn't give them a commitment. Basically, yeah, I'll come play for you now, but I probably won't play for you in the future. Buffalo very, very smartly said, no thanks. Or what I think happened was... Buffalo GM Brandon Bean was in the process of trying to make this deal, and someone ran down the hall and tackled him, grabbed him by his face, and screamed, Don't be Doug Whaley, the former GM, who probably would have made this deal. And it probably would have backfired, and the Bills would have been set back even farther. I think the Bills took leaps and bounds last year by uh, drafting Josh Allen, letting him just kind of marinate into the season, letting him get his rushing yards up. If you didn't get to watch him at all last year, he... He's a football player first and a quarterback second, so he's going to have to learn how to be a little bit more um, quarterback-esque and a little bit less running back-esque. The Bills do need wide receiver weapons. That is 100% true. But I think uh, selling the farm to get a aging 30-year-old wide receiver, who's still probably one of the best wide receivers in football, let's not joke, get ourselves. But I think for the Buffalo Bills, it's almost best to punt on this situation. See what I did there? And just take care of uh, wide receivers in the draft, which there were a few options in the draft for Bills to look at. But I am glad the A-B discussion is over. I'm glad the Bills staved off uh, what I think would have been a disaster. I think it's a great walk away for Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills. And I think the Roonies will, like I said, I think they have a deadline of today to get the trade done for Antonio Brown. I have no idea who's going to look at him. I probably think Antonio Brown and his... His behavior lately, he seems like an Oakland Raider to me. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends out there with John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders. I think the Raiders will probably go after Bell as well. Uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of weird that a stable organization like the Steelers produced, you know, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and then once they get to a superstar status, they leave. And once teams usually leave the Steelers, they don't ever really perform like they did when they were with the Steelers. I think the structure of the Rooney family and the long-lasting organization that is the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of instills that into its players, and then they move on to other teams, and they just kind of fall off the side. So I think, unfortunately, that's what's going to happen to more Antonio Brown than Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell took the year off last year. Didn't tell anybody he was taking the year off. Just kept saying, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming. No, no, I'll be there, I'll be there. No, no, give me a few more days, I'll be there, I'll be there. And then he never showed up. So if you're a Steeler fan last year, I would be extremely pissed off at Le'Veon Bell. But he's moving on. Hopefully you guys have cut ties with him. I don't think, I think the Steelers probably held out hope until yesterday that maybe they could get A.B. back into the fold. But I think the rift between him and Big Ben is so wide that it's never going to happen. Other news out of the NFL, and so this is a kind of a wacky one. Uh, we've seen players, you know, young into their career. We've seen them, you know, retire, you know. 
you know, I, I see a decline in my physical nature. I'm not as sharp as I once was. The hits to the head, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All valid reasons. They make their money early. They, they save it. They're very economical with it. And then they move on. Well, then they retire and they do other things. But not everybody does that. Taking part, David Irving, defensive lineman for the... Uh, Now, David Irvin decided to do something a little different. He didn't decide to retire. He decided to give a big middle finger to the NFL, saying he supports plants over pills. Now, I understand where David's coming from. You know, it's been a long known history that NFL players are given shots to perform. They were injured, give you a shot to make the pain go away so you can get through the game. You know, and we know a lot of NFL players, just look at the laundry list of NFL players that have taken that have taken and failed drug tests due to marijuana use. Now, in my humble opinion, I don't see it the big deal with marijuana use, because especially in a sport like football and hockey and even basketball, the the use of this drug, plant, medicinally could actually help benefits with you know making players heal faster without using opioids it also help with and i've seen some like documentaries and studies where you could actually show like improvement in head injuries like concussions help you recover faster which in the nfl pretty much occur probably not on every play but could pretty much occur i think they said the equivalent of being in a tackle in an nfl game is like being in a car crash at 45 miles an hour into a wall that's not good for the human brain the brain's not supposed to scatter around and apparently this plant-based substance which 80 percent of the nfl uses i would say loosely the ones that you know fails test but i think i think he's he has some points i think he went about it the wrong way in case you haven't heard this story david irving went on his instagram everyone has an instagram but me which i might get one soon david irving goes on his instagram and apparently is telling the nfl that he quits that he loves playing football but he does not love the nfl all why apparently what it looks to be smoking a blunt boy i tell you what when you're gonna quit a job that's the way to do it. If you just want to send the big middle finger up to him, let him know it. Now, David Irvin does have a daughter, so this probably isn't the best impression for his young daughter. But that is his life and his daughter, so he'll have to take that up moving forward. But, yes, what a way to quit a job. <laughs> Smoking weed, blowing all of the uh, drug protocols out of the water. Hopefully, when he... Um, comes down from his elevated state and someone has a chance to talk to him can maybe talk him back to coming back to football um uh after his suspension of course i'm pretty sure the nfl is not going to see too kindly on you on you mocking their uh substance abuse policy but it needs to be said and i think this is going to get a conversation started i think david Irvin's misstep is actually going to start the nfl to maybe take a look at these uh at, at marijuana is a possible not as bad as we all think you know uh i think there's nine states in the united states and don't quote me i don't know facts there's about nine states in the united states that you know have recreational marijuana legalized you know in those states you've seen drop in crime you've seen um people report a happier disposition i know because they're high i get that part but you know just these little things is something worth a look you know that i know in some situation bad situations you know uh marijuana can lead to uh, bouts of schizophrenia if you're so prone to such disorder but other than that the pros seem to really outweigh the cons especially when it comes to contact sports so david Irvin, you might be a pioneer sir hopefully we'll see you back on the field here in the next year or so or after you take your 
time off and get your uh, your blunt out of the way. But um, yeah, I think that was a very interesting way to uh, quit a job. Yeah, uh, we're getting ready to start the new NFL uh, season, so the new uh, year for business is going to be opening soon. And there's some there's some players moving around. If you didn't hear this last night, Case Keenum is being sent from Denver to Washington. And apparently Denver wants him gone so bad, they're going to pay half his salary just so he goes away. Now, with that being said, just so you know, full disclosure, Denver is also bringing in Joe Flacco, former Ravens quarterback, former Ravens Super Bowl winning quarterback, into Denver. John Elway, I think, maybe grasping at straws. He may be starting to feel a little bit of a hot seat since the team's kind of taking a step back offensively. They haven't been found a quarterback. They tried Paxton Lynch. They tried Chad Kelly. None of these systems have worked. Uh, the, the Trevor Simeon ordeal never really worked. Uh, Brock Osweiler, oh my God. So I think Denver is desperate for a quarterback. So I I think bringing in a veteran like Joe Flacco, having you know veteran wide receivers like Emmanuel Sanders, and even even the young kid from uh, SMU, uh, Cortland Southern, Cortland uh, Sutton on the outside. I think this could slowly but surely help bring Denver back into the fold, bring them back to uh, bring them back to their championship level. The now, we, we, we mention trades all the time in the NFL, and you see a lot of stuff, but there, there's something that really is kind of uh, unusual for today. I know players have to get traded, and, you know, teams worry about, you know, things like salary cap, you know? Let's take a team, let's just roll the dice, and we'll pick on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They woke up this morning with $2.6 million of cap space. For an NFL team, that is piss poor. So what did they do? Well, they cut six players. They cut six players, two lot attendants, and four cheerleaders. And after all the smoke had cleared and people had started to keep their heads from spinning, that's right, they had $32.4 million of cap space. That's how you get it done. Now, they let go of some pretty good players. They let go of Malik Jackson, Defensive lineman. They also let go of um, uh, Carlos Hyde, running back, uh, and uh, Teron Gibson, defensive back. So let go of some pretty named players. And to do that, to get that much cast space, just let you know how out of whack their team was. A lot of teams you don't see really doing that. You'll see players get cut or released, and and that's kind of a common place. If you look right now, I think uh, Michael Bennett is actually in the process of being traded or offloaded for draft picks from the Eagles to the Pats, which makes sense. His brother played there. It seems like when uh, really good players start to get a little age on them, they all end up playing for New England. They all end up playing really well for New England is uh, kind of a – an unusual thing. But as players being traded and moving around, linebacker Olivier Vernon for the New York Giants. Now he's a pretty good player. Got traded today for a guard. Cleveland trading Kinsel, their right guard, a left guard, one of their guards, for Olivier Vernon. Now I didn't see all the details of this, but I I think that Kevin Zietler is the guy, not Kittler, I'm sorry. Kevin Zietler is the guy. That's kind of a weird trade. I mean, Landon Collins is already on the move. We're expected to be on the move in the next week or so. But a lot of... Uh, that, this one kind of fooled me a little bit. Olivier Vernon's not some stiff. I mean, he's a he's an impact defensive player. Now, once again, this might be a salary cap dump move. It, it wasn't portrayed as that way. It was portrayed as an actual trade to move on from... Um, 
to move on from him. Maybe they weren't getting along. I know that uh, sometimes the Giants and some of its players haven't really had a um, the best uh, motion moving forward. Um, speaking of players moving around, I'm just scrolling through. I didn't see it. There's a, a trade rumor right now that the Steelers might be close to trading. Nope, that was from last night. The Steelers were close last night to trading uh, Antonio Brown to the Bills. I'm sure that's not the only rumor going around. I know Josh Rosen is probably tops of everyone's list. In case you haven't noticed, Kyler Murray is, which is a baffling how a five foot eight quarterback is going to be the number one pick overall. It just astounded me. Now that's not a knock on Kyler. He's an extremely good athlete. He's got a great arm, smart kid, very athletic, very fast, and you know. He's projected to be the number one quarterback overall, or number one player overall, which is kind of astounding to me if you think about NFL history and lore. I mean, you think about quarterbacks. I know the game is changing a little bit, but the NFL is never going to be the Big 12, no matter what we do, what we think we can do, what we can try to. We could try to make the players faster, but they're always going to be big. There's always going to be a, 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 a... even the NFL's kind of gotten away from this. There's always going to be a need for a running back, a running game, and good wide receivers, and a good quarterback with strong arm and poise. And I think Kyler has all those attributes. It's just his size is kind of concerning with me. And they just drafted a prototypical quarterback last year who didn't play that bad in Josh Rosen. I mean, he didn't blow the doors off anybody. But with the with the acquisition of Cliff Kingsbury's head coach for the Cardinals, it seems like they've automatically made the jump, and they're going to bail on Rosen right after one season. Now, there's a big hubbub last year about NFL coaches only getting one year and getting fired. Huh, ironically enough, the Cardinals coach had one year and he was done, which is, you know, not the best in the world, but, you know, it happens. Not a whole lot you could do about it. But with them making such quick moves, is the NFL moving too fast and not letting players develop? Are we not doing that anymore? Or do you just have to show up and show out? Is that where we're at now? And that might be where we're at, according to um, the way it seems the way the trends of these games are going. Now, the NFL is always going to be top of mind. It's the, probably the most popular sport in the, in, um, in the United States right now. My favorite sport is baseball. Uh, I do love football. I love watching, you know, all sorts of players. But, you know, kind of transitioning from um, NFL into um, NBA, LeBron's once again top of the news, as he always is. If you watch anything on ESPN, it's usually two things. It's either LeBron James or Duke basketball. That's usually their two go-tos. They've been mixing in some spring training just to kind of get, you know, some – different viewership in but it's been pretty straighty LeBron and Zion and Duke for the last few months or so and LeBron James basically reports coming out that they're going to start reducing his minutes now my question is what does this do to his legacy or does it do nothing or they just kind of store him I think the Lakers are almost better just to shut him down sit him down for the rest of the year and then play their play their young kids and see where they're at moving forward so when they do have to make those big off-season acquisitions they know exactly who to get where or who what players to package in deals and stuff like that but you know lebron being a competitor i think he's gonna want to play is he gonna want to have reduced minutes i don't i I mean you watch him play sometimes and and i know they show these clips on purpose which is kind of ironic because they praise him as this great guy which he is and an awesome player which he is but they also show him in the worst lights they show him not playing defense they show him looking dejected on the bench you know a lot of this you know espn kind of plays this dual puppet role they kind of show you what they want you to see so if a person is going through turmoil or strife like lebron is right now because let's just be honest 
He's playing with a really, really poor team. They're not good. But, you know, he's trying. And I think sending this message, we're going to reduce his minutes, is basically telling your fan base, hey, we're done. You might as well just shut him down, you know, and let him play for it. I mean, and this has no hell or high water, but, you know, Snoop Dogg, huge Lakers fan. Actually, he's a huge fan of any team that wins. He claims to be a Lakers fan. Two years ago, he's a Golden State fan. He's been a Raptors fan. I mean, he's he's kind of like, uh, what's the rapper name? Oh, I can't think of his name. He's not very good. Uh, anyway, I can't think of his name. Drake. Yeah, that guy. He's terrible, uh, by the way. But, hey, Snoop, great rapper. A lot better than Drake. But it's kind of that way. Just kind of jumps on the hot hand to see who's more fun to hang out with. But he actually had a quote said he, and it was actually, if you go on his Instagram, and it's probably still there. Hopefully they took it down. It's very race latent. What, you know, Snoop Dogg being an African-American male used the N-word several times to describe his displeasure with the Lakers. Okay. That's his life. He'll have to deal with that. Whatever. But when you tell people on your Instagram, and if you haven't followed him on Instagram or Twitter or something, Snoop Dogg has a lot of followers. When you actually say the phrase, I would not pay to watch that shit, that does already shed a big light in a town of people who have other things to do. So if you have a large fan base like the Lakers do and you're terrible, guess who's not coming to the games? Fans. LeBron's playing less minutes. That takes more of the fanship out. So basically, if you go on StubHub right now, you could probably get a pretty good decent price on a Laker ticket moving forward. What will the Lakers do? I think LeBron's going to play out this season. I don't see him really sitting. I don't think that's going to be in his DNA, playing less minutes. I don't really think that's going to happen. I think it's just a novel idea to kind of save him for the next year. He's starting to get up there in age. He's not old by any stretch, but he's starting to put some miles on those wheels. So I think shutting him down and preparing for the summer and the offseason is probably the best thing to do for LeBron in the long run. And the NBA in the long run has to have to have a conversation with itself, I think. Um, you know, you look at these reports, you see these NBA guys get asked these silly, silly questions, especially Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. The media just seems to be ruthless to them. Once again, kind of funny how the media can feed a feed a person's uh, statue and then kind of break them down. Sometimes I kind of wonder what their approach is. What is their overall effect? I know sometimes media members are just trying to get a, a response out of a player or get a reaction. You know, it, it helps with sales, especially since everything's videoed now. In years past, you'd have the guy and you know with a hat with a little white press thing on his hat. He'd run and go, hey, Bob, how do you feel about the game? Well, we played great and the sun was shining. You know, that type of thing. Now it's, you know, everything's videoed. Everything's now. Everything's live. Everything's 24-7 like this podcast. Also, like my Twitter account at the Meltdown Show. However, you'll find it. So everything's going fast. And, and Adam Silver, who I think has been an exceptional, um, you know, exceptional has controlled the NBA. I think he's done a really great job. Kind of had, kind of had a silly thing, but a silly comment. But I think his comment meant well. You know, I, I think you know he said you know NBA players are unhappy. And you think about it, it's like, why would an NBA player be unhappy? You know, and if you start thinking about it, it is kind of, you know, they're on the road a lot. We get that. But, you know, so is baseball, so is football. But NBA, they're constantly on the road. They're kind of isolated. They don't have that many teammates. So they're kind of, you're kind of stuck in a little bit of box. And, you know, with the constant beratement of, are you going to be here next year? Are you going somewhere else? Well, tell me about your teammates. Tell me what you don't like about your teammates. Just a constant barrage that, and plus with the 
in the NBA, unlike most like all the other sports, NBA is very social media savvy. If you've not followed some of the social media stuff from the NBA guys, they are great at it. I don't know if they're doing it. Most of the time, I think they are doing it, but sometimes I know some people pay that out. But they, they are very socially conscious, and they're constantly being bombarded. So Adam Silver coming out saying his players are, you know, isolated and they, they're unhappy. I mean... They're millionaires, which, you know, I will never relate to that part, but with them being millionaires and they're isolated, you would think, you know, they would find a way to work through that. I, I think Adam Silver is also coming to the aid of his NBA players because he sees it, you know, nightly. If you watch an ESPN, once again, an interview in a locker room after a game, these guys do not seem happy. Even LeBron, I mean, I've made this, you know, silly analogy and joke the last few times. The last few interviews you see with LeBron, he's got the head wrap on. I mean, he looks like a single divorced dad, you know, trying to make it through the week. No, we know he's a, you know, practically a billionaire athlete, but it's just his perception. His body language is really bad. James Harden, he's, he doesn't give a good interview. Kyrie Irving basically has come out and said he could never talk to the media again, and he'd be perfectly fine with that. I think the media and the NBA as a whole needs to kind of maybe work on their relationship a little bit. I know a few years ago, the NBA and the, and the officials came together to kind of work on some of their some of their issues they were having, and I think it was a positive thing, but I don't think the media is going to stop, not just in sports, but in politics and everyday life. The media seems to be very cutthroat now. When years passed, they were very passive. They just reported what they saw. Now it seems like they're trying to steer a narrative sometimes, and I think, especially with NBA players, since they're so plugged into it, it's really starting to set a bad press. But the NBA has been very inter entertaining. If you didn't watch the games last night, you got to watch Paul George and Yusuf Nurkic almost come to blows after the headbutt to Paul George's forehead and <laughs> Nurkic's uh, quick ejection for his second technical. So there's teams are starting to heat up, starting to get in that playoff level, starting to get that you know, that fire going for the playoffs, you know, and you could tell teams are starting to get fired up because, you know, people are starting to sign players that weren't on their team all year. Like, look at Golden State signing Andrew Bogut. Now, I know he's just a big, tall, lumbering dude, but he's effective when he played for them in 15 when they won a world championship. And guess what? He's coming back, and he basically told every NBA team, I'm only coming back for one team. If it's not Golden State, I'll just stay down here in Australia. You know, so with the NBA heating up and some players moving around, I think it's going to uh, really shape up to be an exciting playoff. Like the East is kind of up in the air. You really don't know out West. You think it's going to be Golden State in the East. You know, you could pretty much spin the wheel. You know, uh, Oladipo has been out for the Pacers for the last few games, and I think the Pacers are playing better. They lost last night, but they played the best team in the East, the Bucks. So could it really be a Milwaukee Bucks, Golden State Warriors finals could that really happen i mean because in case you haven't noticed laker and lebron are have been eliminated from playoff contention in case i haven't already mentioned that so with this going on you know with this kind of matchup coming forward that how would i mean you know the nba is probably like boy i would love to see someone else get into that mix you know milwaukee not the strongest strongest tv market in the world so but i think that's what's going to be I think Toronto-Golden State would be a fun matchup as well, but I, I don't know if Toronto's going to get there. Toronto seems to be like the pretty girl to dance. She's really good at the dance until it's time to go to the next part, and then she really just falls off really, really quickly. So, you know, NBA's having its fun time. Major League Baseball's starting off, and like Bryce Harper says, you know, that Bryce Harper of the Phillies when he sits down for his press conference, I can't wait to bring a championship to D.C. 
boy, has anyone else really ever been misquoted more than him? Or has really said something that you really, really, really did not want to say out loud? I mean, that has got to be it. Bryce Harper, great baseball player. One of the dumbest statements ever. But Major League Spring Training is in full bloom. Teams are starting to put things together. Teams are starting to name their starters for the season. You know, teams are starting to you know put pitching staffs together. And a couple free agents out there, Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimball, are starting to get some phone calls probably. But speaking of Major League Talent Pitcher, this story popped up and it was kind of interesting to me. You know, uh, if you watch college baseball last year, last few years, there's a pitcher out of Oregon State named Luke Himlich. Now, the name probably sounds familiar. He was uh, arrested and charged with sexual molesting his six-year-old niece. Now, that's a horrible story. He's an awful human being. Okay? He came out and recanted it, said, I didn't do it. I got pressured, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he was a minor when it happened, 16. And his, in the state of Washington, they expunged minors' records. However, everyone is still listing him as a sex offender. And actually, that's how this story came out. He was at Oregon State pitching and did not register. So what do they do when you don't register as a sex offender? They come looking for you. Well, they found him. Then the story broke. Well, he was a top pitching prospect coming out of college. And 30 major league teams said, no, not at all. No, thank you. I want nothing to do with it. I, and actually, in the 30th round, I think, of last year's draft, I do believe Kansas City was actually considering it. They didn't ever even mention it. They consider it. Someone got wind of it, and the backlash was so great, they said, yeah, not even if he was the second coming. So, Luke Himmlich, what does he do? He signs in the Mexican Baseball League. Well, guess what happens? He signs in the Mexican Baseball League, and they've caught wind of this. And there's like, okay, well... He was found not guilty or, you know, it's been expunged. There's no proof of it. But the backlash has been so great that even the team he signed with in Mexico may not keep him. So this, I always have this saying that talent plays. Kareem Hunt will be back in the NFL. Uh, I've said this before. If Ray Rice was a, 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 a productive football player, he would have been back. Ray Lewis, whatever happened that night, fateful night, apparently not guilty. We'll go with that. You know, talent plays. Luke Himlich is a major league talent. And he will probably never play in the major leagues. You know what? I'm totally good with that. I don't think he should. I think his his act of deviance is too much. I think he should probably be in jail for it. You know, but hey, he was a kid. There's that argument. I get that. But I also think that, you know, there's got to be repercussions for this. And I don't think, I think this is one crime that you cannot commit. Any crime against a child is unallowable. So for him to make this creation and to do this as a 16-year-old, he's not a 10-year-old. So this is kind of a, he's in that age of knowing better. I don't think he's going to be very um, received ever, ever as a professional baseball player, either in America, in Mexico, or even Japan. Well, I mentioned yesterday that uh, Will Wade, head coach of LSU, was, what, uh, had some issues with the FBI. He was caught on a uh, FBI wiretap talking about an offer. Now, when the statement came out, because I didn't hear the wiretap, the statement came out. He said, we offer, you know, this is a great offer for him as a two to three year player, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the offer was played off and spun by a lot of LSU fans as, you know, he's offering him a scholarship. Makes sense, right? And I think that's kind of where everyone was until today when LSU has indefinitely suspended their head men's basketball coach, Will Wade. 
Why is this important? LSU is probably going to be a three seed in the NCAA tournament. They have an outside shot of winning the SEC tournament if they can go through Kentucky and Tennessee, which is a tall order. But they beat Tennessee by one earlier this year, and they beat Kentucky on a controversial tip-in. So if you've not seen LSU play, A, they're fun to watch, and B, they're athletic. They're big, they're strong, they're long. Will Wade was putting together a very, very good team, and now apparently that's over. Uh, I don't, I don't, I usually when you get the indefinite suspension this uncertain time of year, you don't usually survive. Now that the talent's there in place, I'm pretty sure they can sign a, a big name coach next year, but uh, hopefully the assistant's good to help carry LSU into the, um, <laughs> into the next phrase, uh, next phrase of their, uh, of their team life. You know, also, you know, there's other teams that were named, you know, Arizona's caught up in this mess and it just really just takes you to a point like, I understand these these guys are young kids. They're very, you know, impressionable. You can buy them. You can, you know. And apparently parents at this time and age are, can be bought, you know. You know, it used to be in years past, you know, you offer them a scholarship. And that was a lot of money. And players would just go to who the, you know, established coach was. You know, can he help me get to the next level? Kind of the Calipari method. But now it's what can you get for me? And that starts early. I'm, and you... It happens in the AAU level, 10, 11, 12, you know, hey, your son's pretty good. Boy, he's going to play travel ball with this team. Well, what if we give you X, Y, Z? How about he come play for me? And it starts that early. It starts through high school. There's high school coaches who basically don't teach. They just coach basketball because their players are on their AAU team, you know. And then you mix in business, big business, corporate business. Amateur sports and corporate business, you mix together, what do you get? You get the mess you're in right now in college basketball. You have shoe companies, Adidas, Nike, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and Adidas was the only one, only shoe company named in this, so we'll stick with them. Adidas, you know, you know, three of their, you know, one of their employees and a couple bagmen for them, you know, are going to prison for this. This is not a this is not a small thing. This is not going away. But I have an idea. What if college sports become what they actually are? We all know this. We hear the cry for it every year. College players should be paid. Well, they get paid a tuition. They get free food, room, board, workout facilities, stuff, X, Y, Z. But, you know, the argument comes with the school makes billions of dollars. They do. And the players get none of it. Not always true, but, you know, I understand. It even got to the point a few years ago where some Northwestern players, football players, you know they're smart, they go to Northwestern, actually sued the NCAA, I think in Supreme Court, it got thrown out. Okay. But, you know, what if, and this is just a, a question for you, and I hope I get some messages back on this, some responses. What if we took the NCAA out of two sports? We said, you know what, we're going to run basketball and football our way. NCAA control every other sport, baseball on. Now, people are like, that's not fair, that's X, Y, Z. I mean, you can still use these two powerhouse sports programs to feed the rest of your schools. I understand how the finances of that work. But what if we just let these two big sports be independent? You know, then you get rid of Mark Emmerich, who I think is an inept human being and really bad at his job at the NCAA and the NCAA, who when they say they're going to investigate you, it's going to be two years of nothing. They very rarely find anything, and if they do find something, someone has to bring it to them and smack them in the face with it. So what if we had college basketball with no restrictions? So we do it like this. We keep the one-and-done rule. You can come. Go play anywhere you want. Okay? You have to 
play for one full year and then you could move out any way you want you know you take the proceeds from that you can make shoe deals with those kids so they can start getting shoe deals in college you know like i said this is just a, a spitball idea but i i think we will lose a lot of this extracurricular stuff and a lot of the shadiness and a lot of the corruption that's surrounding basketball right now football you know hey people always scream it when we talk sports you know like i said i'm, a, I'm an sec fan of a team the tennessee vols we always i mean not just me but other people like alabama's cheating and when lsu was good lsu was cheating you know and kentucky was good at basketball for all those years guess what cal's got to be cheating when cal was at memphis he was well allegedly cheating you know so it, the corruption aspect, it, it's not adding anything to it. You have people going to jail by trying to sway kids to do exactly what they do in the NFL or free agency. You know, hey, come play here. Why? X, Y, Z. Or we'll give you this. You know, these kids are impressionable. And a lot of times in this situation, the only people that get punished are the kids. You know, so just a thought process on that. What if we took the NCAA out of basketball and out of football and just kind of had a basically what we think it is most rational sports fan think of it as now is basically a feeder league to the pros i definitely think it's something to look at and this is something i was going through you know checking my emails and stuff today and i i saw this story and the kid in me came out i'm 40 years old 41 don't tell anybody and you know i'm scripting through and i see that 67 year old WWE announcer Jim Ross. You're damn right. I like wrestling. I loved it. I watched it since I was, you know, eight or nine years old, seven, eight or nine years old. Back when, you know, Jerry the King Lawler was wrestling in Memphis, my hometown, against Jeff Jarrett. I see, like, young wrestlers like Rocky Maivia. His name's Dwayne Johnson now, in case you guys are wondering. You know, you know. And, and, you know, Jim Ross was there as the announcer for the WWE for a lot of years. I mean, it was a big part of my childhood, not just for the WWE, WCW. He's been around forever, and he calls a great match. You feel it every time, you know, every time he's on the mic, he's talking. I mean, Jerry Lawler and him were a great tandem for years on Raw. He's announced he's leaving the WWE to do other things. And I think a lot of it has to do with him and Vince agreeing to part ways because I don't think Vince has allowed him on... TV as much due to the fact that Jim Ross does suffer from Bell's palsy from time to time. But Jim Ross has been WWE royalty. He should go into the WWE Hall of Fame. He's a fantastic announcer. I mean, Jim Ross and Stone Cold Steve Austin for a 10, 12, 13 year period whenever at Austin, you'd hear the glass break and Austin run in. Jim Ross would go into total total like Homer, Steve Austin, I mean, some of the greatest sounds. You watch wrestling, you know that energy like when Stone Cold runs out and it's just powerful. And you're going to miss that. I'm going to miss that in the WWE. I don't watch it as much as I used to. I think the product's falling off, but I saw that today. He announced wrestling for 26 years and now he's done. He's almost 70, so he's probably probably deserves a uh, time off, but Jim Ross leaving the WWE. Folks, that's the show for today. Hopefully you like it. If you like it, share it. Let everybody know. Follow me at the Twitter on uh, The Meltdown Show. We'll see you all soon. And hey, get out there and watch some sports.